Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction. We feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name is Caleb. And my name is Parker. And today we are going to be taking some time to dive into a conversation discussing the question of if Christians should be selling their faith to non-believers. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of a good way to word it? Sure. Well, I, I mean, it, I don't know how else to put it because that's just kind of what it feels like to me a lot of times. So the question kind of came out of like, um, so I feel in a past episode, I forget how we titled it, but um, we were talking about how um, how we share our faith in different ways we do that. And one of the things I said, and I still think is that broadly speaking, there are kind of two approaches in in terms of how I think about it. One of them being active and where you're actively conversing with people, actively pursuing uh, conversations and moments with people. And the other would be passive in terms of that's more example led where you just live your life as a Jesus follower and, and let the fruits of the spirit kind of speak for themselves and let people approach you. Um, and in the episode, I forget how it exactly went, but in thinking now, like I, I think passive has its um, merits, but it, a lot of times to me, it just feels too passive. Like I, like when I try to take that approach, a lot of times people don't talk to you or like, so it feels like, am I really living out the call that God called me to um, versus the active approach? Um you know, like I have, I have coworkers and friends and, and other people I know that, you know, they, they're very much so not Christians and they have, in some cases they've been hurt by the church or have reasons why they're not. Um, and it's just thinking about how I, like, if I were to have a conversation with them about faith one in which they didn't approach me, one in which I approached them taking that active approach, I feel like I would end up feeling like I was having to sell Christianity or in other words, convince them that they needed God, convince them that they needed, that they were sin, not focusing on the sinfulness, but that, but that our depravity as, as people is really what gives God's actions a lot of significance in our personal lives anyway. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the question came from is that like, you know, on one hand, I a hundred percent, like it's a fact that God called us to go talk to people and go spread the gospel. But how do we do that without it being, without it feeling like we're selling something? There's just something about that to me that doesn't feel quite right. But on the other hand is like, is selling a bad thing? If, if that's what we're called to, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, no, I think it's a good question to ask. I mean, like, I think people oftentimes will make the joke about pastors. Well, they'll end up saying that most pastors would make good used car salesmen, right? Well, they'll kind of have this almost like maybe even at times the same sleazy feeling quality to them and that sort of a thing where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, here's the cheap sales pitch, you know, hey, here's the reasons why. Um, and even if it's a really good deal, it kind of just feels like they're always trying to pitch something to you and that sort of a thing. And yeah, I agree. I mean, like there's a lot of times that going throughout our lives and wanting to take the more active approach might feel like we are 
selling something. Um, I think there's a reality that kind of there almost is a, a double-edged sword to it because you end up having some people look and they would say, hey, you know, that's a good thing. We have, we have the best thing to sell, so we should sell it, right? That kind yeah. of an idea. But you also then will have people who look and say, well, the gospel doesn't need to be sold, you know, like it's something to be discovered, yeah. right? Um, so when you think of, I guess, the idea of things being – sold to you or you even you think about like with faith and that sort of a thing um yeah i mean like are you ever even receptive to that as somebody who's a christian and maybe somebody's talking about deeper things of the faith does that make sense like you might have somebody saying hey this is why you should participate in this or this is why you should practice this in your faith because these are the reasons it could happen is that something that's even effective for yourself somebody approaching me like that yeah so like let's say let's say i was talking to you about like um fasting sure or something like that and i started to try to sell you on why fasting is a practice you should have or that sort of a thing Mm -hmm. um is that something that would be effective to you i think so but here's the thing is that like realistically most of the people who go to a church are probably already Christians and I, I understand we're talking about this ex- example yeah. right now, but I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, and so everybody who's hearing a message is coming with theoretically open hearts and that they're wanting, they're already coming wanting to learn more. They're already coming or hopefully wanting to, to grow and are open and receptive to what the, the preacher has to say theoretically speaking. So in terms of this example, I would hope I would be, you know, because I'm, I'm somebody that I, I would hope I would be receptive to that and have my heart open to that in the scenario of like, let's say somebody wants to sell me something and it's something that I already like, I'm not prepared to spend money. I'm not prepared or like, I don't feel like I have any need for it. No, not really. I'm not going to be receptive to it, you know? Totally. Like, like, there's a reason why car salesmen don't go door to door. Like, people come into the dealership because they want to buy a car. Yeah. And then from there, they sell them a car. So when you end up having somebody do, like, a sales pitch to you or that sort of a thing, yeah. what are the most effective things, even beyond just, like, I have an innate need. Like, I need a pen. I'm going to buy whatever pen I find at Target or something like that. But if you're, like, somebody goes up to you and they are selling you on something, what are the things that usually would help you actually decide to buy it? Um, for me, well, if we're just talking about, like, buying things. Like, let's think, like, music. You're a music guy. Yeah. What are usually the things that if somebody, like, starts to sell you on a piece of gear to get or something? Yeah. That usually you're like, I will buy it because you said that. I'm going to start off with this. I, like... I have a problem in terms that I am. It's amazing how fast I'm able to find the most expensive thing without even trying and not even knowing what price it is. Yeah. Um, my mom's the same way. Uh, so for me, a big thing is quality, whether that's a budget instrument or a budget, something that has high amounts of quality, uh, high quality to cost ratio, you know, 
um, I'm happy with that. But for me, quality is the biggest thing. Gotcha. For me. So what makes you yeah. trust the quality of it? Um, well, in terms of instruments, I mean, uh, I would say reputation, but that's not always the best thing. That can be a part of it. It's part of it. Yeah. Um, also just, I mean, you also just form an eye and especially in terms of like things that are made by, you know, like instruments and things like that, you can, you can kind of see the level of craftsmanship and everything like yeah. that to it. Um, so yeah. How about if somebody, like, let's is, this, is this going to a point? Th- this is going to a okay. point. Yes. Uh, how about like if Matthias had a piece of gear he was recommending, uh-huh. what would be the things he would have to like, well, actually like you'd have to trust Matthias, right? Right. And you'd have to know that he actually knows what he's talking about. True. Like I have a bass, yeah, and I told you about it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you think it's a good bass, right? Because I don't know what I'm talking about. Sure, I just have like my innate little bits with it, right? Yeah. So this is where this is where all this is leading. If people listening right now are like, "What is this conversation?" Sorry if I'm not an easy person to guide along. No, you're, no, I'm not trying to guide you. I'm just trying to like <laughs> kind of like move through the through the process. Um, this is for all of us. I mean, like. I think when it comes to the idea of selling something, we have to rethink what that means. Sure. Because when it comes to something like gear for music or for anybody with any maybe hobby or thing that you typically would buy, you are going to buy those things usually based upon trusting the source, Mm -hmm. trusting the reputation of who's telling you about it, the reputation of the brand. Uh, trusting the like testimonials about it, that sort of a thing, mm-hmm. and really seeing that there's a reason why it matters, right? Like uh, right now, for um, me and my wife, we're doing some like home renovation stuff, and right now I'm looking at um, the tile we got for our backsplash in our kitchen, and I had to get a trowel so I can put up my. Um, adhesive for being able to stick my tile. Uh, I bought the cheapest trowel I could because the expensive one versus this one, there is really no major difference in benefit for what I'm doing. I, I don't care that it's much greater. I just need to do an innate job, right? Nobody could have sold me to spend more than the small amount of money I did on it, right? Yeah. But again, it's because I didn't need any reason why it was going to be necessary to have more. Um, I think when it comes to things in our faith in our life, when we say, and again, I hope this makes sense. When we say selling faith and selling Christianity, people even like proselytizing evangelism, words like that, that we kind of associate with the same thing. We view it through the lens of somebody trying to sell me the more expensive trowel. It's not necessary. It's not needed. It almost comes across like, well, why do you need rubber on the handle? And why do you need it to be this like little bit better quality? Like it just does the same thing. Like a lot of people I think view it as like these little add-ons that are unnecessary or they feel like that's what they're pitching. Mm -hmm. Whereas 
we should view it more like the person, like, I don't know. And I'm, I'm kind of imagining the experience right now, but like, let's say you are a musician and you go into a shop and you go there and you start to have conversations with one of the workers there and you can tell they love guitars Mm -hmm. and you can tell they love gear. And they're like, I've tried out this one and this one and this one. And at the end, they're just kind of like, I just want you to find the best thing you can and you trust them. And guess what? You could leave the shop and you could come back 10 days later and say, you know, I really thought about it. I do want to buy that. They're like, I'm so glad you do. Let's get you run up. You're going to love it, right? That's the experience I feel like we should be presenting more than the cheap salesman. It's the person that looks and like when we're talking about, um, you know, friends, family, coworkers, things like that. And we're having to, you know, again, use like the, the dirty word of selling faith, right? Kind of a thing. It's looking and not saying, it's not saying I'm selling these cheap upgrades. It's saying I am selling like a transcendent experience that is going to help you to realize the fact that there is a different way to go about life and that sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. And like that, that is where like I look at it. And again, I wouldn't view it through the lens of like, what are we selling? I will say as a, like as a pastor for me, this is in a very different environment, but like if I'm preaching, there's certain I, – I need to make sure I'm presenting things well. And that doesn't always mean I'm presenting them appealing. Like um, in a lot of my messages, I'll be very intentional to say if I'm trying to challenge people, I'll be like, I want to challenge you right now. Like I want this to be abrasive. I want you to feel the reality that like there's change that should happen, right, and that sort of a thing. So I'm not saying it has to be a fluffy sales pitch all the time, but it's saying it's an important thing. You know, we're presenting something of importance and value. So in that, we can sell it as long as we have like you're like the passive and the active go hand in hand, I think. Yeah, it sounds to me like you're and I think that's a really good point because I think you can that does make it's kind of like a sweet spot in the middle where it's like you're and I'm also just confirming what you're saying, but like what? Like you're actively telling somebody something and actively having a conversation with them, but it's it's more focused on your experience. Yeah. With how God has changed your life. Yeah. Less so <clears throat> trying to convince them of their need for it. Yeah, and like there might more be more testimony based, I guess. Yeah, and there might be those appropriate moments to say, Hey, and if I'm being honest, I think you need this too. Yeah. But you're finding those appropriate moments for it, right? Like you're helping them to be able to see why that would be something of value. Yeah. Um, again, like it, it, this is a, a different kind of example, but um, for me, I also work a construction job and I have, you know, for about three years now, I've had the same screw gun and drill set. Um, and like it's a DeWalt set, the batteries will go bad at some point, things like that. And there was a, uh, Makita set at Home Depot on sale for this like pretty low price and it had a bunch of other tools in it. And I was talking to my dad about it and I was like, man, should I get this? And at first he's like, well, you know, and obviously he's kind of like, you know, do you have the money for it? That sort of a thing. But then he just said, hey, you have to realize the batteries are going to die in your old set one day and you're going to end up needing a new set. So he was kind of like, it might make sense just to get the cheap set now 
rather than have to buy just whatever one's there when you end up needing it when it fails, right? And it was again this thing where he was looking and he wasn't forcing it. He wasn't he wasn't being like, Caleb, you need to buy it. He wasn't being like a Home Depot salesman to me. But he was looking and saying, Hey, I will say there's some need here. You'll have a need. Here's why it could be beneficial. So like that's where you might go throughout life and you might have your friends, you might have people like that where yes, you're you're sharing your experience. But then at some point, you know, you maybe do have that moment of boldness where you look and say, you know, I'll just like, hey, Jimmy, uh, just a random name. Hey, Jimmy, uh, can I just be honest with you? I know you've been going through a lot of stuff and I've told you before about things God's done in my life. And I just really think that God has some things he would love to do in your life if you're open to it. Mm -hmm. And like, so there's those moments that we step out. But again, we're stepping out as reputable you know, trustworthy people who have been seen to have also experienced the thing we're talking about, right? Type of people. Sure. So, so when you say right type of person, how do you think we go about, and, and I know this is, it, all this is very situational. It's very uh, individual and based upon what each person that you'd be speaking to. That was good English right there. <laughs> um, like, how would we, um, how do you think we would approach a conversation or a good way to approach a conversation with, say, an atheist versus somebody that's like possibly like agnostic, more of an agnostic atheist being like directly not believing God? Yeah. Not necessarily, oh, I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, wait, so you're saying agnostic and just like, they're like, there may be a God, but I don't no, know. No, 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 I mean, I mean, talking to somebody who's an atheist. Oh, okay, somebody who's an atheist. Because that's like the epitome of somebody who, yeah, in my mind, would need to be convinced. Yeah, I mean, I you would. Know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, so for me, um, one thing kind of attitude wise, I've kind of shifted towards at times is I, so one, it's kind of walking with a confidence of like, God, you care more about this than I do. Mm. And it's walking with a reality of like, God, whether or not someone chooses to acknowledge you, they have a need for you. And so I would go into a conversation with, a, with an atheist, that sort of a thing. I think a little bit with having to have the sureness of myself of saying whether or not – and now again, this is all then filtered through a lens of love and care – yeah. competence of being able to talk with people. But I won't, I don't want to get in my own head to the point that I'm looking and I'm then doubting the fact that I'm trying to share my faith, right. In whatever way. And it's not just my faith to share the faith that I believe could impact their life forever. Sure. And so I would step into it with an amount of like Jesus, whether or not they're receptive, I can talk about my experience, whether or not they're receptive you have something that you could do in this moment, right? Yeah. So that's just, again, that's just kind of like the attitude walking into it. And I would just say it's sitting down and it's starting to hear about people's lives. I mean, let's say you just, uh, let's say it's a coworker from work and you randomly can go get coffee with them or something like that. Mm -hmm. I would just sit down and I think the best way to start it, hey, can you, hey, what's your story? And you end up having it where they start sharing their story. And again, most likely they'll then look and say, hey, you know, tell me some more about yourself. And you're able to start just saying, you know, hey, this is my story. You're talking through stuff. 
But then you start talking about, you know, your story of what God's done in your life. And you say, hey, actually, you know, big part of my story um, actually is how God's just really helped me through a lot of things. And you're able to share that. But again, you're sharing it with a, a genuine heart. You're not even in that moment sharing it like, you know, God's done a lot of stuff in my, oh, oh, he wants to do something in your life too, kind of a way. But it's just looking and saying, like, this is what God's done. And you share it honestly with a conviction, like a reality of like, man, this is how like, people are able to look and they're able to see the fact that what you're saying is coming from your heart. And that then makes it where it's not just like a rehearsed track line, right? And they're able to look. And then you could just look and you could say, hey, I, I'm not even trying to say like right now, like, you need to believe this or nothing like that. I'm just saying what God's done in my life. And, you know, I believe that God wants to do stuff in everybody's lives. I'm just so passionate about it. And like, you just find a way to help show that. And again, they might look and they might say, ah, oh, you know, that's cool for you. Or they could say, they could look and say, I hate God. And just be like, Hey, well, God loves you. And it might feel combative, but again, it's finding, it is finding those moments of like, how do we help show we are a genuine, you know, representative of it. Right. Yeah. Um, because also, if too often times as Christians we back down from the need of it, yeah. Well, then what what are we really trying to present to them? Like if you end right. up have, yeah. Um, there is a, uh, I'm actually it's it's yeah you know, super super sad. There's a writer, um, who I followed who uh, yeah write writes and is on a podcast network I live listen to a lot. Who's been recently passed away from a really severe fight with cancer and stuff. Um, and yeah, he just like lived just fervently for Jesus and like represented Jesus in so many ways. And the cool thing about it is in his podcasts and in his writing, um, up until kind of these last, you know, um, few months when he was able to do some other more intentional works about it, you could tell from things he would maybe say or nuanced moments, things like that. Um, but then he even towards, you know, the end of his life, he was getting a lot more forward about it. Um, and right now I'm only halfway through it. Uh, it's on the, uh, it's on the Bill Simmons podcast. It's for Jonathan Sharks, and it's a tribute episode that they've done for him now, kind of, you know, talking through his life. Uh, it's a number of the people that worked there, their work relationships and stuff. And I'm honestly only halfway through it cause I didn't want to cry too much. Um, <laughs> Because again, just like this guy lived a really inspiring life when it comes to his passions, but also when it comes to his faith. And I'm kind of assuming based off of what most of the people talking on the podcast are saying, I'm pretty sure none of them believe in Jesus. I don't think any of them would would call themselves Christians. Almost definitively none of them would. Um, Or at best, they'd maybe just say like, ah, I have an appreciation for it. But they have so much respect for him. And at one point they were talking about how you know, he would always bring faith about because his faith was something that just marked him and his faith was something that cared about. And even um, at one point so far in the podcast, again, I haven't li- listened to all of it yet, but Bill Simmons said he was like, oh, you know, he he was pretty convincing. If I was in the right moment, I bet he might have gotten me all the way there. And they're saying it and he's saying he's like, and I, he's like, I'm saying that as a compliment. Like this guy was so passionate about his faith and he was so good about just letting us hear it. And letting us be able to, and again, I, I pray that all of them end up accepting Jesus and they see that that was, uh, not just somebody trying to be a good person, but it was somebody really trying to help them see like, Hey, I have a hope for tomorrow. And so can you, right. And that sort of a thing. But again, for this guy and you know, one of the guys, uh, uh, 
on the on the show who was talking, he was talking about moments where uh, you know, Charks he would go and he would almost be starting to share his faith and he kind of tell he was his word would be like proselytize. He's starting to evangelize to me and that sort of a thing. And the guy like he said he's like, I had a couple times I looked at him, I was like, I know what you're doing right now, and he's like, I know. <laughs> and again, like he was unashamed about it. But because he was so unashamed about it, no one was offended by it. Sure. Like no one looked and was like they, – they looked and they were like, man, it wouldn't have been him if he hadn't have been trying to make sure we knew about the faith and the God that he served, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's where it's like, you know, should we, should we sell our faith, that sort of a thing? I just think if we're going to, we need to realize how good it is mm-hmm. and we have to realize – the impact that can have. Right. And like that sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And I totally agree. Um, again, it's just one of those things that I feel like it just comes back to where your heart is. Honestly, like get, like part of this is also coming out of like the question comes out of for me. It's like, cause I had a period of time that I was pretty, um, I wouldn't say obsessed, but I was really into like apologetics and everything like that. And which was, uh, very helpful for me at the time. And I, I, I still think we should all study that. And, you know, I think that's, I think it's something that we hold a responsibility to be able to defend our faith when people make accusations against it, um, and be ready for an answer. Uh, when people have questions, just like it says, and and I believe it's first Peter, it's one of the Peters. Um, but like, but I got to a point that, uh, that my faith was very argumentative and very like, Oh, I need to, I need to be right. I need to make me right. And you wrong yeah. type of a thing, which I don't think comes across well, you know? So anyway, no, it's totally true. Like there ends up being times that uh and I'm not saying that this is what you were doing, but there's times that we can have moments where if we get really passionate like people must be saved, they must know the truth. We have there's a very fi- fine line between being passionate and being like jerks for Jesus type of a thing. Yeah, well, and not like I was like I, I'm sure a lot of this probably didn't show on the outside for me just because I was a quiet person. But, like, I had a lot of pride surrounding that, too, honestly. Yeah. Just because, like, it was, like, it it was, it was, like, oh, I need to be right. But it was also, like, how dumb are they? They don't <laughs> see, like, why don't they just see this? You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, like, well, it's much more nuanced than just, you know, an argument Totally. You know what I mean? This, so anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things with it is whether whether or not somebody views sharing faith through the lens of it being a sales pitch or relationship, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the end goal of our heart needs to be the same. Yeah. It needs to be that, man, like – like we we need to have our hearts broken for the reality. There's people that don't know Jesus, right? right? Yeah. Like uh, on Sunday, we're going to be 
and youth were talking on the afterlife right now. We had a bunch of students asking about it. So last week we talked about heaven and just the idea of eternal closeness and nearness with God, eternal relationship with God. Um, and this week we're going to then be talking on you know the inverse of hell and talking about the idea of eternal separation from God. You know, that we get that fullness of what we've chosen on earth, that either we want to be near to him or we want to be away from him. Um, and man, being away from God is going to, like I shouldn't say is going to be because I'm not trying to say that as a declarative thing for myself, but it would be a reality of separation and lostness. Like it says, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. There's a reality that like, like when you see someone who is truly lost, you're now saying you are so lost, you will not be found. Mm -hmm. Like, and it just is like our hearts should break for that. The reality. And again, like, we can become so numb to it. Yeah. And, and I think there's a reality that like that almost is a, a sense of coping that we have at times when it comes to the reality of people not knowing Jesus. Like it can be the sense of, oh man, that, that sucks. It's like, no, like that's everything. Like people like, again, wh- wherever we may be at with our comfortability level to talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Our comfortability level, although it does not like end with us, right? God cares more. He's pursuing after more. And there's all those realities that we have to rest within. But like, you know, I had mentioned this in a message the other day, but it honestly just kind of came off off the top of my head. I think was kind of even God be able to speak to it where, you know, there's a lot of people I think that would say, hey, I, I would I would follow God if I could hear his audible voice. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? And, and Maybe this is silly, but maybe we're the audible voice they need to hear say that God cares. You know, if we believe we're his hands and feet, maybe we're also his voice box sometimes. Mm. Where we're able to look and say, can you realize this? Can you realize the depth of this, right? Um, And again, if I have some people that look at me and say, hey, you're just some cheap salesman trying to sell me religion and pawn things off at me. Okay. I'm willing I, I I need to be willing to be called that. Yeah. To at least have done a fair shot, right? Um right. and again for this guy, um, you know, for for Jonathan Sharks, uh, from the Reiner and stuff who passed away like from the sounds of it, and I don't know him all those things, but from the sounds of it, I think he's a guy who would look and say, Man, I'm really glad every chance I had. You know, he has a he has a podcast that's on the M- Reiner NBA show from a few months back but he just got like 30 minutes just to share his faith to talk through a bunch of different verses uh fun fact part it's it's why we did first john actually as a as a study through oh, true yeah. life was because he just went through first john with a bunch of verses and he's just walking through it and it was just like such a conviction where like he was somebody um who has a lot like he has his wife he has his child like all these things i'm sure he's just like looking and he's just like god like i wish i could do more mm-hmm but I feel like he's probably somebody who looks and says, God, I, I did my best yeah. you know, with what I could. Um, and I just think for us when it comes to sharing faith with people, there's all the little hang-ups and things. We got to be very mindful. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just looking and saying, God, at least I, I, I tried my best. I right. might not have been perfect, but I tried my best, right? It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy though. No. Yeah, it's not easy. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, well, with that said, maybe this is kind of a good spot for us to wrap this up. Um, man, I would just say if if you're listening to this and you're just kind of like sitting there and you're like, man, what does it look like for me to share faith? What does it look like for me to uh, – you know, share the gospel to sell the gospel, maybe to somebody that sort of a thing. Uh, this isn't probably the podcast that answers that question of the practicals of it. We have a past one where we talked on evangelism. You could check that one out. Um, we shared a little bit more on the practicality of it, but I think for both Parker and I, you know, we would agree that it, it starts with our heart posture and that conviction. And so, uh, if right now you're driving in the car or you're, listening in the morning or in the evening, whatever's going on for you, wherever you're at. And you're just feeling a little bit of a challenge of like, man, God, I haven't, I haven't had a desire to share my faith in a while. I just want to encourage you to take a few minutes, just pray to God, say, God, what does that look like? What does it look like for me to share my faith, to help people know who you are? Um, it's what we're called to do. And, uh, if you're feeling challenged by that today, then I think we're really glad you listened to this episode. Yeah. And I would also just say too, if if you're somebody that, um, somebody like like me, I would say in some ways, like I am somebody that you know, and I think a lot of us do this, where we we just let ourselves grow numb to the the deep need that people have, and the and the very like the the sense of urgency that we all should have because of like like yeah, just like what if that person ends up being separated from God, you know, and just the need of that. Um, I would just urge you to also like me, pray God, remind me of that urgency and just, you know, cause that's really where that heart posture springs from. I think is it starts off in really understanding the urgency and, and really need of it. Cause if you're just numb to like, Oh, you know, like, I don't want to offend this person, you know, they can make their own decisions and like, which is, it's very American, you know, Yeah. that's part of it. Too. This is a side thing, but it's very, we're, we're very, in America, we're very individualistic Yeah. and it's very, um, you know, I'm going to do my thing, you do your thing and I'm going to respect what you do and you, you know, it's awesome if you respect what I do. Um, it's a very American um, value, but as Christians, we do need to really have that sense of urgency. So I would urge you to pray about it. Yeah. Well, on that note, everybody, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for checking out the podcast, checking out this episode. Uh, if you don't mind leaving a rating and a review and that sort of a thing, that'd be awesome. You guys can follow us on Instagram. Let us know any questions. Um, and we've had actually, we're gonna have a few episodes coming out that are actually questions that people have been asking us to talk about. Yeah. And so if you ever have topics that you want us to discuss, please let us know because we would love to talk about things that people actually want us to talk about, uh, whether it's for five people, 50 people, 100 people, however many people are interested. We want to have some beneficial conversations. And so with that being said, thank you guys so much for checking it out. Share it with a friend. My name's Caleb. And my name's Parker. And we'll see you next time. Thanks guys.